Do you feel like your metabolism just up and quit on you? Or maybe it's seeming a little sluggish and you're wondering if it's broken? If that sounds familiar, this episode is for you. And spoiler, it's probably just fine, but might need a little TLC. In today's episode, we're sharing how to get the most accurate analysis of your metabolism, what you're burning, what you're eating, and how to fuel your body and mind best. And it's all thanks to a new at-home test called Calorify. Carolyn, I don't know if I've told you this yet, but one of the things that, you know, we all have like our different groups of of friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like anyway, so this one particular group of friends, and I'm not going to say like who they are or, or, or how we're grouped together because that will give it away. Um, And I, I haven't asked for their permission, but anyway, one of the things that keeps coming up with this one particular group of women is we keep, and we're all right around the same age. Like we've all either just turned 40 or are on the cusp of turning 40 is what on earth has happened to our metabolism? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a common conversation. It I mean, is really like, and I have appreciated everybody's openness because it's made me feel a little bit less like, oh, it's not just me. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden your normal exercise and eating habits, they don't cut it anymore. Yeah. Whatever you were doing, there's there's no give anymore. Yeah. None. Exactly. There's no grace if you had a late night. Yeah. And you don't get to just, you know, shave off a ton by giving up, you know, your wine for five days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing that I hate because it usually makes women just cut back and cut back and cut back on their food and calorie intake because yeah, they don't know that. what else to do. I tried that. Yeah. It worked for a little bit and then it backfired. Yeah, you can't sustain that. You know, and that's what the one piece of health information that we've never really had a direct way to measure or, or an accessible um, way to measure that was, actually, that was really accurate, accurate is our metabolism. Like how many calories were we burning a day? You know, how much um, are we burning with exercise? How many calories do we really need to eat? We've, there's equations that will calculate that, but those yes. are equations. Yes. So there's a good bit of, you know, room for inaccuracy. Um, and I know when we were in school, they always talked about when they when we looked at research and talked about metabolism, they always talked about these research labs and um, that these research labs used doubly labeled water in them to calcu- to get the, not calculate, to, you know, get somebody's metabolic rate. Yeah, the most accurate one the most that accurate. they could, which was yes. so important for whatever this, the, the goal of their research study yeah. was. Yeah, and it sounded so cool, but it was so inaccessible because it was in a research setting only. Yes. And, you know, but um, so basically what we're going to share today is we now have access to a test that uses doubly labeled water at home at home you don't even have to go anywhere and it can tell you all you need to know and more how many calories you're burning um you know all different aspects of where that calorie burn is coming from it tells you your body composition and it really is the most accurate way to get a picture of where you are metabolically yes Yes. And like, in a way, when you 
when you get to synthesize the information with the company, you also get an idea of how, where you are on the range of healthy. Like, are you about ready to burn your body out Mm -hmm. or are you doing a good job of taking care of your metabolic health? Because sometimes cutting back may not be what you need to do. Right. To get your metabolism going. Right. It's really, really fascinating. And so, you know, if you feel like your metabolism has quit on you or you just don't, you don't get it anymore, you know, feel like you can't trust your body anymore, this is a great, great resource. Whether you're looking to enhance your performance at the gym or playing tennis, lose some weight, maintain weight, whatever you're trying to do, it gives you kind of a big picture, you know, or closer look, I guess, if you will, to everything you need to know to improve your health metabolically from a weight standpoint, from an activity standpoint, from a health standpoint. And, and I think too, at like at our stage of life, we, we start to hear more about shifting our body composition, right. Mm -hmm. And focusing on muscle, like not, not only for right now, but also to set us up, up for success in the future yeah. as we get older because um, we're not there yet. We're not no, there we yet. we're not there yet. We are not. But when we do get there um, and and the results that you get from this test also give you that. That gives you an, a good idea of your body composition. Yeah. So yeah. like and lean muscle mass. Accurate. You know, that's another hard measurement to, you know, get accurately. Exactly. So this, um, we're going to, we've got the um, owner of Calorify or the co-founder of Calorify, and we've got our favorite sports dietitian, Jenna Braddock, who are going to join us and explain exactly what, you know, talk about metabolism in middle age um, and talk a little about Calorify, what it can do, what, you know, answers you get, that type of thing. But really quick, I know doubly labeled water isn't something you you hear about in mainstream conversation. But so I just wanted to, it is completely safe. They've used it in research for years and years and years. They've even used it like in newborns to test metabolism and, you know, get, get these kind of things. It's, um, it's basically water and water's H2O. So hydrogen and oxygen. And it's just where, um, there, the hydrogen or oxygen has been replaced with an isotope, which is just slightly different. And so when you drink that water, um, if you collect urine, you can see how your body processes that water, and that tells you, I'm just guessing here, but that that is what gives you a very precise picture of your metabolism. Yes. I think um, Hari explained it as in, like, it's like a way of almost, like, tagging Yes. the um, the atoms so yes. that, that they can they, – they can – utilize it on the back end yeah yeah so before we jump in we've had jenna on before Mm -hmm. um so hopefully listeners are familiar and as you said she's a really amazing sports dietitian she does also focus a lot on not just athletes but also um i would say women but who are also in the perimenopausal Mm -hmm. phase of life 
Um, and then also, as you said, the um, CEO of Calorify, Hari, is coming on. Hari Mix is his name. And he is – he's just impressive. I want to go, like, a little bit through his bio because he's n- he's not just one of these, like, tech startup entrepreneur yeah. guys. Like, he's legit. He's got a bachelor and a PhD from Stanford. Um, he was a faculty member at Santa Clara University before he founded Calorify. Um, his expertise lies in the in making the complex measurements that are the backbone of Calorify's testing. So he had a lot of background in this kind of space before. Um, and his interest in metabolism stems from his lifelong passion for climbing the world's highest mountains without supplemental oxygen. And before that, he was a collegiate athlete. So he's he's a pretty active dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're bringing both of them on because obviously Hari is going to explain Calorify to us and he's going to break down the test results that I got from and explain yes. them from doing the study. And then Jenna does a really nice job of helping us talk about like why this is so relevant for you, likely the mom who is yeah, listening to this while you're person. driving your yeah. car. <laughs> Yeah. And just really quick, because we talk about the test, but I don't think we ever specifically say in the interview how you do the test. That's right. But they send you doubly labeled water. It tastes just like plain water. It's you also can... like, it's like a shot glass. It literally, it That's comes it. in this teeny tiny little vial that is, is really, I mean, probably no more than two ounces. It's like a shot of water. It's literally like a shot of water. You're, it's not even like a hassle to drink it. So you you drank that, because I haven't taken it yet, but I want to. Well, you drank that, and then you collect your urine three different times? So you collect your urine, your first morning urine, the first day. Then right after that, you drink the water. Then a few hours later, you do another urine sample. And then you wait until the following or seven days later. So I did it on a Monday. So then the following Monday, you do one more first morning urine sample. Okay. And then you ship it all off. And that's it. Yeah. And you don't have to send them all of the sample. You just have to like use the little pipette and put it in this tiny little vial. Okay. And drop it in your freezer. But hold on. When you put it in your freezer, it comes in a little baggie that they give you. Uh-huh. Just make sure you tell your family what it is. <laughs> Because, like, my daughter was, like, rummaging around looking for dessert one day. She pulls it out. Mommy, what's this? I was like, yeah, I'm just really glad we don't have guests for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's my urine, hun. It's my urine. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk all about Calorify and getting this insight to our metabolism. Welcome, Hari and Jenna. I am so excited to do this episode, mostly because we get to talk about my results at the end, which, I mean... If listeners could have, like, been a fly on the wall when Hari and I talked about my results, I mean, I was, like, practically, like, elevating out of my chair because I was, like, having so much fun, like, nerding out over these numbers. But, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how helpful was the data that you got? Uh, probably, like, a 9.99. And the <laughs> only reason I gave it that score is because, as we'll talk about, it was during a particularly stressful time for me and so I want to do it again and then I feel like it'll be like exceeding a 10 oh like we could give it an 11 yeah yeah that's not really the test fault that's your fault that's my fault yeah that's totally my fault so totally worth it I can't wait to hear your results Hari and Jenna thank you so much for being with us today thank you happy to be here glad to be here as well so 
you know, knowing how many calories you burn and, and all the other information that the calorified test provides is really, I think as a female, something we've dreamed of being, it's like the magic number that you never knew, you know, that you just, you wished you knew so you could match your workout and your diet to it. Jenna, what are the pitfalls that you see many women, especially women in middle age, which I kind of group is like 30 through 50s. Um, what are some of the pitfalls that you see us fall into? The first pitfall and probably the biggest one is focusing on weight instead of body composition. Um, we know now through a lot of longevity research that having a better body composition, meaning more muscle mass is really important for a healthy aging process for men and for women, but particularly for women. And what I find in my clients, uh, that I'm working with that are typically 40 and up, they're going through transition in their bodies, either lifestyle, hormonal, lots of things going on. And so those scale is changing and it freaks them out. And instead of really learning what's going on in their body or focusing on how can I get a strong body to take me into the rest of my life, they're only focused on that weight on the scale, which is very misleading. It doesn't really tell us the whole picture of what's going on. And so from that, I see the second major pitfall, which is then they start eating way too little out of fear of gaining weight. So I see chronically underfueling for women, especially active women, and they just get afraid. And I've literally had women tell me, I just, I keep eating less and less and less, and I, eventually I'm not going to eat anything else, but I'm still gaining weight. And so that's a major pitfall here. And then the last one, which kind of ties a bow around both of those, is I see women just sort of float through the aging process fingers crossed, hoping everything turns out all right, <laughs> yeah. but not really informed on what's going on with their body. And we're getting to a place where we have some great technology that we can utilize that's going to allow you to really understand what's happening to your body through this transition. And what my goal is working with clients and using these tools is to help them build some confidence in themselves to be able to trust their body, to trust the process that's happening, and really equip them to not just be a certain weight, but to really have a healthy um, vital body that's going to allow them to do the things that are really important to them. I think you hit the nail on the head with trust your body. You yeah. know, I used to trust my body when I was much, much younger, but you know, middle age, I do not trust my body. Like, and that's the mm -hmm. problem. You know, I, I don't trust that it will do what it's supposed to do anymore. Yeah. Well, and it's because your body's changed. It's not the same situation it was in previous decades. And I see a lot of women, instead of learning what's actually going on inside of me right now, what are the changes? Let me understand what's happening. They just try to like force their body to do what they've always done to create that number on the scale. And it's a really futile, futile pursuit. And it creates a lot of frustration and a lot of energy wasted on things that if we just had a little bit of better information and an open mind to try some different approaches, I think women would have a lot more energy back and 
and a lot more vitality. I really love what you said about, um, you know, focusing a lot on how little to eat, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I think we could shift the conversation to is uh, is to focus on energy balance. So mm-hmm. it's not just the eating side of the equation, but it's also the burning side of the equation and how those two are in relative to each other. And I think that goes, you know, exactly to what you said also about um, putting the focus on body composition. So how much muscle versus fat you have as opposed to that number on the scale. It is really interesting. I feel like, you know, I've really in the last year have started on this, like, let's call it. And Jenna, you and I have talked about this a little bit before. Um, I've started on this like journey and this new journey in this last year of really focusing on um, building muscle and what is better for my body um, and what makes me feel better, not just physically, but what makes me feel better mentally. Um, and I still have days where I'm like, am I, am I doing this right? And, and so I I will say again, spoiler to what's to come is that getting these numbers, um, through doing the Calorify test really gave me that extra like boost of confidence of like, okay, that's right. You do need to keep listening to your body. You do need to keep paying attention to how your mind feels and how your body feels. So like that extra information was, you know, was really helpful. Um, and, you know, Hari, you and I talked during our our breakdown of my results. We talked about like what contributed to all of these numbers of, the metab- of my metabolism. Um, right. And so could you talk a little generally about like what contributes and helps control people's metabolism? Because I do think that a lot of people don't know all of the factors that come into play and all the factors that you guys can measure. Absolutely. Well, let's take a step even further back and make sure we're all talking about the same thing. I think that metabolism is a word that you're going to see on that magazine in the checkout aisle and everybody's going to have their own definition of it. So we have 37 trillion cells in our body and they each take energy to run. Um, sometimes when you hear metabolism, people will talk about maybe just one aspect of it, like how your body handles glucose. And that's a really important one. Um, you know, insulin, um, resistance and diabetes and those types of issues are really, you know, prominent in our society right now. But when we look at metabolism from the 30,000 foot view, what we're really talking about is how much energy did you put into your body? So how big is that caloric paycheck of what you're eating? And then how are you spending it? And people will just really kind of narrate um, their body and their metabolism without actually even knowing what the kind of components of it are. So we like to break it down into four different groups. The first is one that you may have heard of as basal metabolic rate. Um, And so what that is, is basically the energy that it takes to stay alive, even at full rest. So if you're just lying flat on your back, how much energy does it take to maintain your core body temperature, to breathe, to pump blood, to keep your brain on? Um, So basically, this is the amount of energy it takes to keep the lights on. For most people, that's usually over half of their total burn is just the the basics. Um, um, If it's half of what you're doing, it's probably means that you're you're really athletic and you're burning a lot through the next component, which would be exercise. People really, you know, overemphasize exercise in terms of burning calories. One of the disappointing facts about the world is that exercise often doesn't burn as many calories as people think, and we can measure it. Um, It's a lot easier to accomplish body composition goals sometimes in the kitchen than the weight room or on the track or the treadmill, Um, but it does burn calories nonetheless. 
Uh, there's another one. It's a small one, uh, but it's called thermic effective food. Uh, it takes energy to actually digest food. And depending on what food you're eating, it's going to take more or less energy. So for example, to digest fat, if you eat 100 calories of fat, somewhere between zero and three of those calories go to digest the fat. If it's a carbohydrate, it's something like five to 10%. And if it's a protein, it's something like 20 to 30%. So if you eat 100 grams of protein, you're only actually probably getting 70 or 80 uh, of those calories, uh, sorry, calories in, in your system. Um, the final one, and this is one of the neat topics of this uh, whole thing, is in fact called NEAT. Um, NEAT is a, an acronym for non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is to say all the other activity that you do in your life that's not purposeful exercise. And that's a big bucket for a lot of people, but it's everything from fidgeting to grocery shopping to picking up the kids uh, to your immune system, um, uh, all kinds of things. And everything else in your life that it takes to stay alive, all of that burns calories. Um, and so we can do this. Uh, we can actually look at these different buckets and see how are are you allocating your caloric paycheck? And what does that mean for, you know, the goals that you have and what you want to accomplish? And that's one, Hari, where you and I talked about that that is sometimes where a little bit of um, mental health components can come mm -hmm. into play and influence as well, um, for the better yeah. or worse, however you want to look at it. But... <laughs> That was um, like, I, I know I definitely want to talk about that more as we get into my results, yeah. but um, because we are such a, a, we are so focused on mental wellness on the podcast, like I wanted to just kind of like tease that there a little bit. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to really distinguish between, you know, something being like kind of good or bad versus just the fact that something burns calories. So anxiety burns calories, stress burns calories. Um, it doesn't mean that you want to add stress to your life, um, right. but it really does show up in your energy budget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little <coughs> bit about like how your test compares to other common tools. Like, yeah. I mean, and I would say, could you give us just like a rough comparison of something like um, maybe like the the special i'm going to call them the special scales because i can't remember what they're all called but like the special scales yeah. that you might see at a gym versus like down to you know what i'm reading on my watch or what my you know scale at home tells me that kind of thing yeah absolutely so um uh, we found it calorify uh, to basically make the first and only measurement um, of how many total calories you're burning um, there is a way to do this in an inpatient setting, but you can only do it part of a research study and you have to go into a hospital room. You have, it's an airtight room. You have to live in there for a few days and it measures the amount of oxygen and carbon dioxide going in and out of that room. So it's very accurate, but you have to be part of a research study and you're essentially a lab rat. You can't eat your normal diet. You can't do your normal exercise. There is only one method, um, that, that's out there in the scientific literature that actually measures calories in a real world setting. And that's what we have here at Calorify. Um, it's called doubly labeled water. So it's the only actual measurement. Everything else is an estimate. Um, and these estimates, unfortunately, are pretty crude. Um, they can be off by thousands of calories per day. Um, so one of the most common ones is, are these calorie equations. So if you go online and you say, uh, you know, yeah, just Google how many calories am I burning or total energy expenditure calculator or something like that, you're going to put in your age, height, weight, and sex. 
and you're going to maybe answer a couple questions about your activity level at work or at exercise, and they're going to completely guess um, your calories. Um, usually those are about 50% accurate, which is not very useful. Um, meaning that if you use that number to say that your goal is to lose weight, you might be higher than it and you might gain weight based on that recommendation. You could be anywhere. Um, it's very hard to tell. If you're wearing a smartwatch or activity tracker of any kind, you know, your, you know, your Apple watch, your whoop, Garmin, Aura, any of those things, they're doing the exact same thing. They might have a little bit more information from accelerometry or from your heart rate or something like that, but it is only about 5% more uh, accurate. So they're usually about 55% accurate, um, whereas our test is about 97% accurate. So our test gets you usually within 100 calories uh, or 150, depending on how big you are, of, of the real deal. And that's that's over a week in the real world. There's a whole lot more variability of, of the real world. If you want to use something like one of those smart scales, that's fine. What it's going to do is going to, it's going to guess your body composition. It's actually not very accurate at even doing that. And then it's going to use an equation to get your basal metabolic rate. And then it's going to, again, ask you to guess your own activity level. And one of the things that we keep finding out is that people are really, really bad at estimating their own activity level. Um, they're also really bad like, at estimating how many we're calories really bad there. at counting our own calories and we're really bad at, at, at quantifying how much activity we do. Yes. Okay. So really quick, when you take the calorify test Briarly, when you did it, yeah, it was over a week span and there's no, you weren't keeping track of your calories and nothing like that. You weren't keeping track of your water. No, it, it nothing. It took, <clears throat> excuse me. It took that water samples that you sent back in or the urine samples. My urine. Yeah, your My urine samples. My frozen urine. <laughs> and based on that, it was able to estimate or not estimate, but pretty much tell you what your calorie intake was, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Well, my calorie yeah. intake was, what my burn was, what my hydration um, level was, what else you gave me, my Yeah, your body fat, all, all kinds of your activity, all that stuff all comes off That's the same test. Amazing. Yeah, we'll count calories for you. Uh, most people are, are really struggle with that. It's very tedious. I mean, I've tried. It's hard to, and I don't know about you, but it's just, you know, it's hard to actually, you know, log everything you put in your mouth um, and then estimate a serving size and maybe the food labels are inaccurate and all of this kind of multiplies together. And most people are off by about 30%. Um, so most people undercount calories and they undercount between seven or 800 and 12 or 1300 calories a day. Um, all you have to do with us is just take the test. It's a, it's an at-home urine test and you have to weigh in and we'll do all the math for you. We'll do all the, the actual measurement for you. The other part that was really cool about it was that um, because I didn't have to record how much fluid I drank or record what I ate or anything, I actually was able, I feel like I was able to to get a an even more accurate measure because I wasn't keeping track, right? Like I, yeah. it wasn't like, oh, hold on, let me figure out like how much of this like you know steak I ate, and like oh, you know how many of my kids' cheeses did I steal, like that kind of thing. I didn't, yeah. I didn't have to think about it, so I you. just yeah. lived my life the way I normally live it. I did my usual activity then the way I normally do it, and it was, it was fine. Yeah. I had my wine and I had my water and I did all the things. 
And this, yeah. this is one of the things that I really love about it, using it in my practice with nutrition too, is that it's it's so easy. It's You don't have to overthink it. One thing I find is when you do ask people to track, they usually do change behavior because they are tracking. Mm-hmm. So this gives a incredibly accurate snapshot of what's going on with very little work. And it's a gold standard accurate data. Like you can't beat it. It's the mm-hmm. best situation. And then to your other point too, Briarly, this is multiple tests in one. And what I've done is actually looked at, okay, what would it cost to have all these individual tests done um, in the different capacities and not as accurately with the other tools? And so for that reason too, this is an incredible opportunity because you're getting all of these measurements exactly accurate in one test. So it's just so unique in that um, and there's nothing else like it. This has been the gold standard way of making these measurements for this whole time, but it's only been done in a research context where they'll publish great data later. Mm -hmm. But for the first time ever, you're actually one of the first people in history that's been ever, you know, able to actually get the data and then use it. Um, And that's what I think is really cool about what we're, what we're doing and what we're really excited to kind of work on with, with people like, um, you know, your audience members are, you know, how can you use this and now that you now that you have this ability how can you use this to to meet your goals or to improve your life or just to gain insight into how your body works what you know Harry, we didn't really talk about it yet what inspired you guys to to launch this endeavor yeah so i have a, a kind of a two aspects of my life that kind of converged in in this perfect way um to to found the company so the first is kind of um, my my academic background. Um, I, I'm, I'm trained as a scientist. I have a bachelor's and PhD from Stanford, and I was a professor at Santa Clara University for seven years before founding the company. And really what I've been doing over the last 16 years of my career, I've been making measurements of rare forms of oxygen and hydrogen, which is specifically how, how our, our test works. I can get into that in a second. Um, and like, so I just love this branch of chemistry and, and built a state-of-the-art lab with, with the newest technology in 2014, tried to find some collaborators to work on this with. As soon as I heard about it, I thought it was cool and wanted to find anthropologists or biologists to collaborate with. Couldn't find anybody. And I just kind of filed it away in the back of my head. And then I had this whole other aspect of myself as an athlete. I was an elite runner. I was one of the fastest distance runners in the U.S., um as, as an undergrad in the beginning of grad school and then my lifelong passion has been climbing mountains and after my running career ended in 2009 i basically started climbing the highest mountains in the world without oxygen um and that's extremely demanding on your metabolism so um you know you lose a lot of weight you're really unable to eat that much up there uh, you lose a lot of muscle um, we're talking about 23 24 hour single pushes without food or water um, all over you know 26,000 feet like really extreme stuff and so I got more and more interested in learning more about my metabolism and kind of you know optimizing metabolism you know to perform well in these in these big mountains and so about two years ago I was going to climb the eighth highest mountain in the world without oxygen and reached out to kind of the world expert in this field his name's Herman Ponser at Duke highly recommend his book burn on this topic of metabolism and our method it's a really fun read really great science communication and we we agreed to test um before and during this climb and my metabolism in california i was fattening up before the trip so i wasn't working out that much i was just like drinking soda (laughs) and um uh i was was burning about 2500 calories a day 
And then it's about a 60 or 70 mile trek over like a 17,000 foot pass to get to the bottom of this mountain going through the jungle in Nepal. And uh, I was burning like 4,400 calories a day. And then the whole week of the summit push, I think summit day was 19 hours. Um, I, I burned on average that week, 6,300 calories. Oh my God. So it was really cool to see that I, you know, really, really did dramatically, you know, change my metabolism. And I did a really great job on that trip of, um, of actually minimizing the negative effects on my body. I lost 11 pounds, uh, but I only lost three of muscle. And that had, that was by far the best that I'd ever done in that capacity. I, I did a good job eating as much as I could in base camp. I made sure to get enough protein. I did little mini strength training workouts. And I feel like this doubly labeled water test that I was doing was a neat little lens into how my body was working on that trip. Um, and coming right off that trip, I basically was like, I just have to do this. This is too important. Um, you know, this, this aspect of ourselves, how many calories you burn each day is a basic number about our bodies. It's your gas mileage. It's literally your gas mileage. It's the rate at which you burn fuel. It's as fundamental to who you are as your heart rate or your blood pressure. Um, and it's just unbelievable to me that we've had the ability to make this measurement for over four decades. And yet, Nobody can get it. Nobody can find it. Mm -hmm. And I actually had the academic ability to, to, to be able to do it. And so um, that's what basically led, uh, led me to, to found the company and to say, okay, we want to bring this to the world. We know a few different use cases. We know that, that athletes, elite athletes are going to want it. Uh, we're kind of, we're already working with a couple NBA teams and the army and a bunch of pro runners and the like. Um, we think it could maybe have major, you know, application in like medical weight loss um, and other kind of healthcare applications. And then what I think is the really incredible mission of the company that goes way beyond just improving athletic performance or helping people lose weight is what we can do with this data to really go after metabolic diseases, which are all the biggest public health problems in the world. Um, it's currently a $1.1 trillion a year problem in the U.S. just for Alzheimer's, diabetes, and heart disease alone. Um, and it's all around the world. It's, it's expanding exponentially. And so I hope that what we can do is measure the world's metabolism, combine this data with genetics and hormones and all kinds of other biomarkers, and really drive solutions to, to these metabolic problems that are facing the world. And it just seemed like too compelling of a mission um, and too much in my sweet spot, both kind of in terms of my personal passions and in terms of my actual technical uh, expertise, just like, I just have to do this. Um, and so founded the company in late 2021. We spent a lot of last year, um, you know, doing all the corporate formation and the regulatory work and the fundraising and the finding of the lab space, the hiring, the building and the validation of the lab. And we just launched the product in, in January. So we're very new. Um, we're really excited about what we've accomplished so far, but we're still really young and just have a long ways to go in terms of bringing this to the world and, and helping people actually use it now that it's possible to measure. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. I know. So cool. I can't wait to get to your results. Um, real quick, though, Jenna, I know most there's there's some research out there that suggests women's metabolism doesn't actually decrease in middle age. That may not sit well with some of our listeners. Oh, that did not sit well with me when we first had uh -uh, that conversation. Uh -uh. I got off the phone with these guys and I was like, I don't like this. Yeah. Can you um, can you talk about ways that we can increase our metabolism or, or just speak to both those aspects? 
Yeah, that's a really common question. You see it all the time in pop culture, pop media, what boosts metabolism, right? And I don't really think that's the right question for us to ask. Mm -hmm. And I think this test is really validating that. There are certainly things that impact metabolic rate, but most of them are making pretty small uh, impact. And yeah. it really contributes to this mindset that everything is only a calorie exchange. That's all That's all this is. And so I think the better question to actually ask here is how do we optimize our metabolism and how do we better understand what our unique bodies need? And by asking this question, I think it allows for a better mindset, which I call just compassionate curiosity, where we're open to learning about what our unique body needs instead of forcing things onto our bodies, kind of like we talked about earlier. And it equips us with that confidence to know, oh, this is what my body actually needs versus just all the voices telling me things. And we're kind of establishing here that there's an inaccurate understanding of metabolism in pop culture. And this test is really contributing contributing to us having a much more accurate understanding of what it is. And so what calorify testing, which I have done it as well, and I'm beginning to recommend it in my practice in certain situations with my middle-aged clients, it's really teaching me that exercise calorie expenditure is, is just one piece of our metabolic puzzle, but it tends to get all the attention. And what this really gives some credence to is the impact of stress, illness, mm -hmm. inflammation, other internal factors that can have a lot of significant impact on how our body runs. Mm -hmm. And so when we begin to take all those factors in and we can see on paper, like what's actually happening in our bodies, it allows us to then fuel our bodies to best support what it needs or to acknowledge, man, I may not proclaim that I'm stressed, but there's definitely stress happening in my body and it's coming at a cost. And then that equips us to not just fear calories because, oh my gosh, eating too much makes me gain weight, but to really understand the whole picture of our health and to get that balance at a better place where we're supporting all of these processes all over our bodies that need energy, not just the exercise. I think too, when, when we, and I definitely want to get into our get into my results sooner rather than later because I feel like I we keep teasing to them but but when we get into mine what we'll talk about is my neat burn my neat calorie burn yeah. was so big um compared to yeah. to compared to anything else really um like my even though I'm fairly active my calorie burn from exercise was like I, I mean I was shocked at how little it was and that neat is, as you were saying earlier, Hari, that's like the, you know, chasing the kids around the house, that's taking the stairs, that's carrying the groceries, um, that's, you know, other, that's anxiety maybe burning in the background as well. But the point is, is that it's, it's all of those things that I feel like we read about where they're like, oh, park in the far end of the parking lot and walk. Mm -hmm. Like, those things actually made a difference. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, why don't we get why don't we get into it? We uh, we measured that you were burning two thousand nine hundred fifty five calories a day. First off, did you what did you think of that? Were you surprised at all? Oh yeah, I mean, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was thrilled. You know thrilled. You know what's funny it's everybody just has this idea in their head of the two thousand calorie diet. Yeah, that number comes from nowhere. <laughs> that is a made up number. <laughs> um, there's no evidence for that whatsoever. There's actually abundant evidence that 2000 is not average. Um, 2000 is pretty low. 
Um, so a lot of people think that they're eating and think that they're burning less than they are. And that's okay. That's actually, that's actually good. Um, so, but you're, you're burning 2,955 and we broke that down for you into these four components. So 1321, that's your basal metabolic rate. That's the amount of energy that even if you did absolutely nothing, you would need to stay alive. Um, your exercise, like you said, um, you're pretty active. Um, you, I, you can share more about your, your, your exercise routine, but 240 calories a day, um, but it's only 8% of your overall budget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I and think a lot of people, again, think that, you know, working out that, that what they do in those 45 minutes. Yeah. But what do you do in the remaining 23 hours and 15 minutes? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of more energy that you burn outside of your exercise usually. What percentage did you just say that was? Eight. Eight. Okay. So 8%. So yeah. for activity for me, and this, this week was perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was perfect because it was normal slash maybe a touch, like one day less of activity. So I started a new job. I was sitting at a desk a lot more um, than mm-hmm. I had been in the weeks leading up to it, but but still taking the stairs, not taking the elevator. So I was trying to get in, still get my steps in. Um, I do like a CrossFit style workout three days a week. Um, I'm in the gym for an hour, but total workout time is probably like 35 minutes. Um mm-hmm. And then I play tennis twice a week. So this week in particular, I only played, I think I only played once, um, but it happened to be a particularly long match. It was like, I think it was like about two hours, but it was doubles. It wasn't singles. So all in all, it was still a fairly, it was pretty active week for me. And I know we we went through like my steps and my calories burned through activity from my watch and everything. Um, but to look at that level of activity and then be like, oh, that's 8%. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. One, one other like little sidebar here on exercise, just cause it's an interesting topic and a lot of people really focus on exercise calories. So all of these chunks that we're talking about, your basal metabolic rate, your exercise, your need, all of them interact with each other. They're not just kind of like static slices of the pie. And I think we all kind of intuitively know this. So um, back back in the day when I was a runner, if I would go on an 18-mile long run, you know what I would do the rest of that day? Kind of be vegging out. I'd be on the couch. And you know what? I'd probably fidget less than I normally would. And so yeah. let's say that you go on a five-mile run and your watch tells you you burned 500 calories. That might be true. Let's just say for sake of argument that it is true. That doesn't mean you can eat an extra 500 calories that day because you probably decreased calories somewhere else in your budget because your body is trying to do this kind of homeostasis thing where it's trying to stay in this nice sweet spot. Um, So, you know, that's just another interesting little sidebar here is that the more that you exercise, the more that you're not going to burn in your immune system or in fidgeting or elsewhere. Um, Elsewhere in your budget, you have your thermic effect of food. Um, 318 calories a day just to do all the digestion. Um, you were weight stable. It looks like you were eating exactly what you burned. So you were fueling correctly for all of the activity that you do. But then, like you said, the big one, I think the big story here is your NEAT. Your NEAT is over a thousand calories a day. It's 36% of your budget is all this non-exercise activity. And we kind of brainstormed a few ideas there. 
Um, the thing that tipped it off to me was this physical activity level that we measured for you. And yes. so you're burning 2.24 times your basal metabolic rate. Remember your basal metabolic rate, that 1300 calories a day, that's how many you need to just stay alive at rest. Yes. So you're burning over twice that, which is very high. This is what we see in NBA players, professional runners, um, uh, I, professional yeah, can we just athletes. pause for a minute? You're saying yeah. that this is what you see in NBA players and professional athletes, and I'm a 40-year-old mom of two. Yeah, we, we measured the gold medalist in a racket sport. Um, we've, we've measured NBA players lower than that. Um, it, it's just, it's pretty wild. So I, when I got this back uh, and, and we were going to call and, and discuss your results, I was like, okay, she looks like she's pretty fit and she looks pretty active. Um, but that number kind of was like food for thought for me. I was like, huh, I wonder if there's anything else going on. So I started to ask you a little bit more about your life and we kind of stumbled on a few things. Yes, you were, well, you, you were very um, uh, diplomatic in how you <laughs> asked um, because you asked me about basically more, you, you in a very diplomatic and, and kind way, you asked me about my medical history, which um, uh, was, I'm always willing to talk about, um, or I should say most of the time I'm willing to talk about but you, um, you asked, I think we talked about first whether or not I had any um, anxiety. And I said, oh, yeah. I said that's part of the reason why I'm so active is because I just, I've got to burn it off. Um, mm -hmm. And so we talked about that. And then you were talking about somebody, uh, somebody else who'd run the test with you. And you had a little bit of background on that person. And you mentioned that they had, and because this I had not even thought to share with you. You asked if, or sorry, you mentioned that, this other person had an underlying autoimmune condition. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have an autoimmune condition too. And yeah. the more and more you and I talked about it, I'll let you jump in here, but that really seemed to be a big reason why my NEAT is what it is. Yeah, it's fascinating stuff. So first of all, the reason I was doing it that way is because I am not an MD. And just to like be completely honest about Calorify, we are information about your body. We are not diagnosing or treating medical conditions. Uh, that's just not what we're capable of doing. Um, that's not what we do here. Um, these are great things to bring up with your team. Um, we've had doctors on calls before. Uh, we've had you know people's nutritionists or coaches or whoever it is. Um, but uh, that's not like that's like what we what we're really capable of doing or outfitted to do. But it's something that I've noticed. So I have a mental health diagnosis. I have an autoimmune disease. Um, and then we have a professional athlete that we've worked with that, that has those as well, that had a very high physical activity level as well. Um, we had somebody that was um, moving that week. Very stressful physical and mental thing. It just, it just burns a lot of calories. Um, Can and we so, go yeah, back? it's really fascinating. All these areas of neat that, that are like everything else that goes into like being you. Because we really just think, oh, it's my baseline and it's my exercise and there's nothing else. Uh, but neat is a really big one. Just fidgeting alone can burn like a thousand calories a day. So how, um, can you explain how having an autoimmune condition may cause your need to be higher? Yeah, I mean, your immune system burns energy. And if you have an overactive immune system, you're going to burn more calories. Um, it okay. doesn't mean it's good for you. Uh, it just 
it's just a kind of a fact of biology. Um, here's another one. Uh, my wife is going through cancer treatment and she tested and she was in bed much of that week. I think she got out for maybe a couple walks or whatever. And her pal, her physical activity level was over two as well. Um, so that again, like looks like a pro athlete when we know what she was doing that week. So it's like, oh, okay. She's like, uh, she's fighting this, you know, she's like, you know, really, you know, reacting hard to the treatment. Um, another group of people that has really high physical activity level, despite not doing a bunch of exercise are like burn victims. Um, mm. so, you know, just think about all these different things, everything that you do in your life burns calories. The other way we look at this is even more kind of honed in on exercise specifically. And it's a measurement called energy availability. And we did this with you. So energy availability is defined as how many non-exercise calories you have left after your training to do all the other things you need to do to be a healthy person. Have good bone density, good sex hormones. Um, if you're a woman, have a healthy menstrual cycle, all these things. And we know that when you run into these low energy availability zones, you get into... Um, yeah, you get into actual overtraining syndromes like red S relative energy deficiency in sport, or, um, you know, used to be named, um, female athlete triad, which is kind of the combination of eating disorder, uh, bone density and, um, and menstrual issues. And so we know what those thresholds are. You need about 30 non-exercise calories per kilogram of lean body mass in order to be just like a functioning, healthy person. And low energy availability probably starts at around 45. So we measured it for you and you're at 62. So you're in a great healthy zone to be. And we know that you're fueling enough. We know that you did eat 3000 calories a day that whole week. Um, so even though you're at 2.24 and 2.5 is the limit, it looks like you have great energy availability and you still have plenty of room in your budget to eat more if you choose to, if you choose to exercise more. Yeah. So I, that's what we like to do with top pro athletes. We we like to see, hey, where are where are they? How much room do they have in their budget? Or if they're overextending, how much do they need to drop down by to get out of the red zone? And if you don't mind, I just want to add too, I think this is really pertinent for just our everyday exercisers as well. Mm -hmm. So one thing I think we see is people saying, all right, I want to get healthy or I'd like to challenge myself. So what am I going to do? I'm going to sign up for a marathon or I'm going to do CrossFit five times a week or something along those with really good intentions. But what I tell my athletes and more and more of just my everyday clients, when you take on the responsibility of high training volume, you also need to take on the responsibility of high eating volume <laughs> to yeah. all the points that Hari said there. And so, but they're scared to do it because, oh, I'm doing this to lose weight. Okay. So let's, it gives us the ability to once again, step back and say, well, why am I doing this? Is this the right thing for my body? Do I have the capacity to also take on the other elements to support this running or training or whatever it is? So it's not just, I can complete it, but I complete it well and have energy and I don't get sick and I can still go to yeah. work and all these other things that are really important to my life as well. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, absolutely. We've, we've seen and measured that low eating kind of trap before. So we've seen people that are eating less than their basal metabolic rate. Um, and they've done that for a long time and they, what they end up looking like is a very low physical activity level. Um, because you're not going to feel good if you're you know, starving at that level. 
Um, you're not going to be able to, to do that much exercise. And it's kind of a never ending cycle because you can't cut your calories low enough to meet whatever kind of probably inappropriate or unhealthy kind of goal you have in the first place. And so for people like that, we usually try to point them in the right direction of actually increasing calories and, you know, increasing activity um, as a, as a way of improving their, their overall quality of life and their body composition. Yes. And, and as Jenna said, like making sure that you're doing other things in your life that are supporting your goals and, and like sleep, um, hydration, you know, just taking, like making sure that you're just literally taking care of your mental health as well. Um, and that, I think that was actually to like put a bow on the whole thing. That was the most surprising component for me was to see what a big influence my neat calories have on what I can, what I will, what I want to be able to do with my body physically. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and knowing that I was like, I was getting closer to that threshold that that Hari talked about and realizing like okay it is it for me I know like sleep is a huge thing mm-hmm. um obviously my mental health and my autoimmune are are playing a role and so just having grace with myself and making sure that I you know that that I take care of myself so that I don't push I don't push myself into a position where I'm getting sick more often and that, you know, and that sort of thing. And that was really unexpected for me. I feel like it allows you to take a more, something that we've always focused, has just been solely focused on weight loss. Yes. And it allows you to take a more holistic approach to your overall health and metabolism. For sure. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that we'll, we'll say here at Calorify. It's like, there, there are so many more things to life and to healthy living than calories. But it's kind of amazing that when you do actually get your calorie budget measured, a lot of these other kind of conversations start, start popping up. When we're, when we're meeting with an elite athlete who's maybe, you know, right around that limit. Oh, well, maybe now is a good time to talk about the fueling and the recovery and the, the gut health and whatever else goes into like being able to, to, to fuel what they're trying to do. And I think the same goes for people that aren't at the elite level as well. Like, I think that um, it's pretty amazing that we can see like kind of a lens into a few of these other conversation topics just through calories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So where can listeners learn more about Calorify and even purchase a test for themselves? And then I think you were going to share an amazing deal that you're going to offer our yeah. listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can go to Calorify.com, C-A-L-O-R-I-F-Y. Um, and that's where you can read a lot more about the product, how it works, our science. Um, there's tons of resources on there. We've got a blog on there. Um, and you can also follow us on social media. We're on all the major platforms. If you just kind of search under to Calorify, um, and yeah, we would absolutely love to work with your audience members. Um, we can offer a discount code using code Jenna, J E N N A. Um, you can get a test for four ninety five. Um, we know where we kind of stand with the price point. This is a very, very high-end product. This is really, really challenging um, and expensive science that's never been available before. Um, so this is kind of that 
Tesla Roadster of at-home urine tests, and hopefully we'll make it a Honda Accord. But right, now, yeah. <laughs> right now that's where that's where it is. It's literally this sip of water that you drink. That's literally H two O, but we label the hydrogens and oxygens on that water, and it turns out that that special oxygen water is very very expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so that's just where we are these days. For listeners, this test. Um, usually cost a thousand dollars just because yeah. how expensive the water is. Um, so that's an awesome. It's an deal. awesome deal. And you guys, you give you the box comes to your house with everything you need, including what you have to ship it back in with a label already on it. So it is. I mean, it is as foolproof as one can make this. I mean, you really, as long yeah. as you've got decent aim into a cup, you're good. <laughs> You can you can uh, you can just put the little box back in your mailbox. Uh, comes back to us, and we'll just give you results right away. We consult with everybody who tests, so you get your own personal half an hour meeting. If you want to come up with a body weight or body composition plan, if you have a certain goal, we'll help you. You know, come up with a plan to meet it and then to maintain it. Um, we'll get all your questions kind of personally answered. We do we do that one on one with everybody. Um, the other thing kind of goes back to what Jenna was saying earlier. Of this is a whole bunch of tests in one. And so if you were to try to get these individual tests done and they're worse, you know, than, than ours, um, and then kind of combine them all together, you're going to start to get into this price range anyhow. So if you want to go into a lab and get a resting metabolic rate test where you lie on a table, breathe into a mask, and then multiply that great lab measurement by a guess, that's going to be a couple hundred bucks. If you want to get a DEXA scan for your body composition, that's probably a hundred bucks. Um, there's no other way of measuring the hydration or the calorie piece, like we've been mentioning. Um, and then in terms of body fat, we're the most accurate at home body fat test available. And so the way I kind of, you know, kind of pitched the whole product is like as a GPS for your, for your body weight and your body composition. So here's your current calories in calories out budget. Here's your current body composition. And then we'll put you into the correct calorie deficit or surplus or maintenance, whatever it is. Um, to meet to meet your goal. Um, it's not magic. It's not a shortcut. This is not a hack. Um, there, there's nothing like um, secret about this. This is a tool. Uh, but hopefully it really demystifies whatever you're trying to do. And you just don't have to guess anymore. Um, so if you do have a particular plan or you're confused, maybe you've yo-yoed in and out of a weight loss uh, plan and you can't maintain it or figure out why we'll help you come up with a more sustainable deficit. Maybe you started something and it was working for a while and it's not working anymore. We can help you figure out why we'll demystify the whole thing. And then we'll point you in the exact most efficient direction to go. You still have to do all the hard work yourself. Um, <laughs> but you shouldn't be making big, big mistakes after taking a calorified test. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Thank you all so much for sharing um, this amazing test and um, how to use it and what all you can do with it. Now you need to do it. I know. I do need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, ladies, for having this conversation. I think it's a really important one. I think in the nutrition world, we've been like, oh, don't talk about calories. Don't do it. Like, it's bad. Mm -hmm. But what I'm finding through this test is that, no, we can talk about it. We can talk about it in a really positive and empowering way and to better understand our bodies. And this is the test that allows us to do that with confidence. And I'm so excited about it. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Yes, and all the info. Thank you. This has been great. Will be in our show notes. Real pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us for the Happy Eating Podcast. I'm Briarly Horton. And I'm Carolyn Williams. 
If you liked this week's episode, then don't forget to rate and leave us a review on iTunes and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a new episode. We can't wait to have you back at our table next week for a brand new episode. Bye. Bye. The contents discussed in the Happy Eating Podcast, such as advice, studies, text, graphics, images, and other material discussed or presented on the site or podcast are for informational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health providers with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Happy Eating Podcast. If you are in crisis or think you may have an emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. If you're having suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK, that's 8255, to talk to a skilled, trained counselor at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. If you are located outside the United States, call your local emergency line immediately.